Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to Cutscene Saga, the podcast where we dissect and discuss the stories from video games. It's kind of like a book club. Each month, we choose a different game, gather a few friends around to talk about it. I'm your host, Joe Diskett, and with me back in the studio once again, we have... Dominic Guilfoyle. Welcome back, Dom. Howdy. So, we're going to be talking once again about Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm. This week, we're talking about the characters specifically. So, last week, we were talking about the plot, so obviously we touched on characters a little bit. Mm. So, yeah, so Dom gave us a brief overview of the plot. We talked about um, the direction the plot goes in, what we liked and didn't like, how very long the plot was. Mm. So if you haven't listened to that episode or our first episode, skip back, have a listen to those, and then come back here and join us then. We're going to talk about the characters, including, of course, the man of the moment, Arthur Morgan. Arthur Morgan. Cowboy extraordinaire. Uh, he's a really good character in yeah, a I game agree. that doesn't do much for his character, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we kind of touched last yeah. week a bit on how Arthur's one of the best characters in the game and the plot just doesn't have anything to do with him almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and how the fact, he, the way that he is presented and acts most of the time, you would not expect him to be as passive and ineffectual as he ultimately proves to be yeah i have described him as like being like his arc is almost like a hamlet-esque tale of a man like knowing something needs to happen procrastinating until it's too late to do anything to prevent the disaster and then ultimately having no real impact (laughs) yeah because by the end of the game he has decided that you know something needs to happen Mm. we need to we need to intervene in dutch's plans he doesn't intervene uh, most of the gang leaves of their own accord, like because they're smart enough to. Like the only person who actually has any sort of benefit from uh, Arthur's actions is like John is and John, his, yeah. his Abigail and Jack, yeah. who go away, live a hard scrabble life for eight years, uh, ultimately have a good have a good life for a couple, are uh, killed by the government. Jack <laughs> becomes an outlaw. Yeah. Don't think too hard into the implications yeah. of the ending. Exactly, and I mean, you know, Roger Clark, who plays Arthur Morgan, won. He a best performance video game award, yeah. He's a fan, it's fantastic, as it is, is all the rest of the Fantastic voice acting. voice acting and the motion capture on the facial expressions as well mm. when it's not hidden behind, you know, six weeks' worth of beard growth <laughs> from hair tonics was just absolutely fantastic. For, yeah. for almost all of the characters were, were brilliant in that regard. Yeah. I read an interview with uh, – in, article, source mm. interview with the actor who voiced Javier Escuela oh, yeah. in this one, who wasn't the same actor in the first, in the previous game, uh, incidentally. Uh, he was talking about, because, you know, contracts and uh, NDAs and all this stuff from mm. almost the entire time that they, all of the voice actors were on Red Dead Redemption 2, they didn't know what game they were doing. 
which is really more, much more common than you'd expect. And they were able to oh. put it together because, well, yeah, like eventually because like there were like the language that was being used and yeah. all of these little things here and there. Um, and some of the other actors like who were more familiar with the previous game were just like, oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah. But yeah, like they didn't know what game they're in for a lot of the time, which, which is, you know, is more common than you'd think. Well, yeah. But I mean, do you know, did they, did they record together? I think so because yeah. like he was talking like I believe I think that a lot of them were, it was pro- it was probably one of the situations where they mocapped and um, oh, voiced together, which is like yeah you know it's easy to figure out you're in a cowboy game if you're doing mocap well, and it's like yeah. you're wearing these boots because yeah. like there's a very specific uh, <laughs> yeah. walking style that you, would you be need associated. to swagger and you yeah. have a low slung belt with a revolver yeah. hanging off it. Incidentally, low slung belt it's a hint, it's a little hint that eventually you'll get to play as John Marston because his weapons are kept in the same locations. They use the same rigging points uh, yep. for John as Arthur. Yep, which is a slightly more. I mean, the, in Red Dead Redemption One, of course, that was the same situation times a hundred when you have Jack Marsden looking very similar, yeah. very similar body type, very similar face, but with face. none of the charm. Yeah, um, you've already touched on the whole thing between Arthur and. John mm-hmm. being kind of the, the crux of the story. While, while we were talking last week, I was thinking about how I feel like the main character development point, aside from our best friend, Mrs. Sadie Adler, the, the biggest character arc, I felt it's like Red Dead Redemption 2 is almost like a coming of age story for John Marston. To a degree. You know, because yeah. like you start the game, he he gets attacked by wolves, whatever. <laughs> Everybody's making fun of him for being stupid. yeah. yeah. He and Arthur have this, they're like bickering siblings relationship, mm. which grows over the course of the game to this final and moment when they're like brothers in arms rather yeah. than bickering siblings. Yeah, with, with the the only people who, well, and Ms. Grimshaw, RIP, the only people who properly, who raise arms against yeah. the members of the gang who have gone wrong. Yep. Uh, and it is established a, a little bit in the background that, their relationship did become strained mm. before the game because John ran away from his responsibilities course, and abandoned yep. the gang. Yep. So their relationship is in a, a, a tough point in the mm. beginning because yeah, yep. Arthur doesn't quite forgive John for that. Yeah, And then like there's a bit of healing that goes on over the course of the game. Arthur's relationship with John and Arthur's relationship with Sadie, yeah. I think, were, were big selling points yeah. for Arthur's character for me, particularly in those two relationships are almost dichotomous in... Yeah. You know, his relationship with John is about mentoring and being better than you are. Whereas his relationship with Sadie is about we are broken people. Yeah. And there is no fixing that. Yeah. Um, he he is dying of tuberculosis and she yeah. literally wants to die yeah. and is a blood knight at yeah. this point. Yeah. Just wants, just wants to hurt people like she's been hurt herself. And they just, there's a fantastic conversation between Arthur and Sadie where I can't, I can't remember which one of them it is, but one of them says something to the effect of you and I are already dead. Yep. Yeah. I think that it's Arthur says that to Sadie, which, you know, it's harsh, but true, especially since in the epilogues eight years later, she is still like just getting herself into more and more violent situations because she wants someone to put her out of her misery. Yeah. And of course they, I suppose that positions them quite similarly to the way John is positioned in Red Dead Redemption one in that he literally has nothing left to lose. He has lost his wife. He has lost his yeah. son. Yeah. He's lost his farm that he's, as we yeah. see in the epilogue of two, worked so hard to build. Yeah. And Arthur's the same. The only thing Arthur has to lose is 
his loyalty to Dutch. And that's exactly what happens very slowly. Yeah. And he go, he definitely looks back, Arthur looks back on the way that they've been acting a lot more actively than John does, but there are implications, like especially when they're blowing up the bridge together, which mm. I don't know why we blew up that bridge. That no. mission, like all it, all that blowing up that bridge did was mean, mean that at the end of the mission where we robbed the train, a train fell into a ravine and yeah. it looked cool. It looked cool, exactly. That that was the first mission that for me, I I was truly on board with Arthur. Like, what the hell is Dutch doing? Like, yep. for reals, yep. what was the point of that? Yeah, all of the think. like Arthur does a lot of thinking after mm. he gets his diagnosis about the life he's been leading and yep. then... He like unloads to John about how much he realizes that their way of life has gone astray. And John clearly has not been analyzing his thoughts on the matter in the yeah. same way. He has yeah. been like he like he immediately like he has been saying it's just he he agrees with Arthur. Like he and he and Arthur at different points throughout the game are both like, what are we doing? Like yeah. John acknowledges that there's no end goal here. Mm-hmm. But it's not until the bit where he talks with Arthur and Arthur like makes him kind of put the piece together it's like the gang is over yeah like yeah. you when you you need to get away with your wife and son mm-hmm. and he's just like you're right yeah uh, and that's the, that's the real the only real impact that arthur's sacrifice has is like pointing out to john what <laughs> the situation actually yeah. is and that's not necessarily a bad resolution no, ex- it, except that red dead redemption one then happens and it's yeah. all for naught I, I think that it worked quite well in as much as arthur was that that demonstrates to us that Arthur was the only thing keeping John in the gang, you know. And then as soon as Arthur's gone, well, that's it. John's well, Arthur, John's Arthur and loyalty to Dutch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, and as we see by that point, Dutch is not worth yeah. staying well, loyal to. The, and the bit also another big moment is that Dutch leaves John to die twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And tells the gang that John's dead. Yeah. Um, Leave, leaves Arthur to die. It's, it gets a bit comical yeah. towards the end. Which, well, and that lost so much power because we know for a fact that John is not dead because we yeah, play as weird, him. That was a weird thing they yeah. did a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it was the same any time um, Dutch was in danger or... Yep, Uncle gets kidnapped by the Skinners Uncle, in the yeah. second epilogue and it's just like, oh no, I hope Dutch is okay. It's like, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, we know he's fine. Yeah. Charles, if they kidnapped Charles, I would have liked the bit in the the final mission where Charles and Sadie both take bullets, and you're like, yeah. oh, sh- like is this? Are they actually going? Are they going to pull? It's the- like the two characters that they actually could kill, yeah. and also pull off the miracle. Who have just said, oh, I'm going to leave town after this. Yeah. Is, oh my god, the police chief is four days from retirement. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. That would have been a powerful ending. I would have been destroyed if yeah. Sadie had died, and that would have been a good thing because what's actually happened is Sadie nearly died. And then she just rides off into the sunset and yeah. for no explained reason has no part in yeah. John's future. Yeah. She also, like in that final confrontation with Micah, she also kind of just teleports up a mountain. She's yeah. just behind him yeah. suddenly. Yeah. Micah, Micah did the same thing in ta- when he tackled Arthur before the yeah. father's death. I spent so long that final confrontation with Micah. with Micah and Dutch. I played that, I think it must have been six or seven times because I was desperately trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do and I tried shooting yep. Dutch and I tried shooting Micah and uh, no, everybody's dying no, all the just time. Just do nothing. You just do nothing, yeah. But it doesn't tell. It's, Which yeah. just removes all agency in this yep. massive, important final moment. Yep. John has zero agency. Yep. Particularly after he's, you know, pissed off his wife and ridden away to to exact his revenge on Micah. Yep. Also worth mentioning that in universe, like, you know, 
you've got a few minutes right between any location, but in universe, it's days. Like yeah, when, you, yeah. when you write, it's days. So yeah. they rode for days to gut them out. And then Sadie was just fine being gut. Like, yeah. Was she stabbed in the gut? That was, she was stabbed. She was stabbed. Like I think, she was yeah. very badly wounded. And they just rode back into town. Yeah. They, they all, they rode back to the ranch. They didn't even take her to a doctor. It's yeah. Like, she's fine. She's, she's all right. No, we've got, we've got design docs for Red Dead Redemption yeah. 3 with, uh, with Sadie Adler <laughs> with Sadie. on the, on the front I'm cover. I'm going to be uh, so mad if I don't get to play as Sadie Adler. At least a DLC. Um, Come on. Yeah, I know, right? Like, do like the standalone DLC instead of like Undead Nightmare Two. Do yeah. so, well, she's I can't like, do Undead Nightmare Two because it's we, we, it's John again. Yeah, yeah. Demis. Yeah, Sadie and I feel like Charles yeah. are the only two. Well, and Arthur obviously are the only properly capable characters in in the whole thing. To a degree, definitely, like the ones who are capable of acting who have agency and then act on their own. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like other characters, um, Josiah Trelawney also knows what's up. True. Like he's, he's a cool one. He's only there for like three missions. You've no idea why he's doing anything with this gang. He's a bizarre inclusion, but yeah. he saw the writing on the wall and he, and he left. Yeah. And I, one of my favorite Easter eggs is that you can find his secret family. Oh really? Yeah. If you, if you're wondering Sandini, you can find Josiah's <laughs> Trelawney. You can overhear like in a, in a townhouse, just like, ah, oh, I'm back from the, from the office. I'm sorry I've been away for so many days this time, love. Yeah, and, and my two children who have very posh names. I bought you I brought you both gifts. And Goodness. like there's a a long like conversation you can hear and then and then like he says, Okay, run along now, children. <laughs> the wife and I are going to read the morning paper. And Arthur just calls us like, Is that you, Josiah? And he goes, Oh, Arthur, um, well, I'll see you in the office. Uh private business. Come on, let's 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 go to the lounge, dear. Oh my god. Just like what the hell? I love that detail. To be honest, though, the most surprising thing about that, I was like, Trelawney has a, a wife? Like like a woman wife? I mean, yeah. Let's, <laughs> he, yeah, he's got at least one secret family. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah. So like Josiah, like one of many characters who you just like kind of comes in and out at will. And at least in, in universe for him, sure, Dutch is spe- like specifically lets him come and go because mm. that's how he gets some jobs. But there's so many people in the the Vandalin gang's orbit. You wonder how there aren't more moles than there turn yeah, out to be. Yeah, like it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a big unwieldy gang. Yeah, well, I mean, there's that moment where the Pinkertons approach Arthur when you're out fishing with Jack. Yeah, and are we supposed to believe that he's the only one they approach? You know, because the only thing that stops him is his undying loyalty to Dodge. And they're also 200 meters from the camp. So I know. Um, but that, no, like you can yeah. literally see the campfire from where they are. Yeah, you can see the smoke. Although in the epilogue, um, when you're fishing with Jack, I like that he mentions it's just like I went yeah. fishing with Mister Arthur, yeah. and there was uh, there were two strange men approaches, and John's just like, <laughs> oh, uh, don't worry, no strange men in suits will ever come by the, the ranch. Don't you worry. It's like, oh my god, I bet they'll never come by the ranch. Yeah, I mean, and I did like those moments that let you see a little bit how. Jack does end up getting really messed up and turning into his father, you know, making his father's mistakes again. Um, yeah, their, their, their relationship for most of the game is in the same place it is in Red Dead Redemption 1, which mm. on the one hand, it's like means they don't have any development. On the other hand, that makes sense. Yeah. That they they just can't figure yeah. out how to go any forward yeah. from them. Yeah, exactly. We haven't really talked too much about Dutch uh, yeah. and Hosea. And Hosea, the odd couple, as, yeah. as Hosea describes them. So, so you and I were just talking um, off microphone before we started recording about the 
the screw up of the yeah. the Saint Denis mission, the bank heist. One of the things that I really expected to happen because you know obviously Hosea dies during that mission. Shot in the um, back. Shot in the Just back. because we didn't hate Milton yet, they made yeah. him shoot an unarmed man in yeah. the back. Poor, poor Jose. And of course, again, Jose is one of the characters who you like, like yeah. Lenny, like Again, Sean. like they do a good job. The characters that you're supposed to like, you genuinely yeah. do. But I felt that Hosea had been set up to be the stabilizing influence on Dutch. Yeah. And so I was like, ah, oh, Jose is dead. Everything's going to go batshit crazy and, and micah steps in gladly yeah. into his place as the yeah. as the voice of reason exactly you know? and i felt like uh so jose's death had an emotional impact on me but I'd, i felt like it just didn't affect the story at all yeah all it did was all it did was allow the construct uh the villain construct that is masquerading as a character called micah bell to <laughs> gain some extra power so that yeah. he can he can be the guy we that gets shot at the end of the game yeah and um, and like you were saying in one of our previous episodes that yeah Micah is just this completely 2D character yeah. which makes the whole oh is he the bad guy isn't he yeah so flat your introduction and, to him he massacres the entire town yeah. of strawberry so he can get his favorite pistols back yeah and it's just like oh there's our villain exactly and it's because as we were saying we know Dutch survives. Yep. Dutch can't be our villain. Yep. So the it, game would be so much better if Dutch was the villain. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I would almost prefer, ah, uh, we killed Dutch, oh, but he survived, rather than this other mystery. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, that would have been funny. It's just like, yeah, he, like, he, again, like, just clumsy foreshadowing. You shoot Dutch in the shoulder and he falls off a cliff. And it's yeah, like, exactly. Oh, he, he fell in the water. Can you see him? <laughs> no. No one could yeah. survive that. <laughs> He falls in the water, then there's an explosion. Yeah. <laughs> he fell into the acid river. <laughs> I, I mean, I did like that foreshadowing where he and Arthur have to jump off a cliff, like, to he, escape people. He, and he says the lines. He says the line. Yeah. That, like, he ref, like it's like an ironic reflection of the yeah. lines he'll say to Arthur. Bef- to John. To, to John, it, like, a few years from now, yeah. Uh, you can't defy gravity. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. yeah. God, imagine if he'd started singing Defying Gravity. What a different game would be. Like... <laughs> It wouldn't be the only musical uh, montage in the game. No, it would I, not. I, I did like those little stylizations that it had every now and again. Weirdly, some of my favorite moments of the game was you don't those... see that sort of thing often yeah. enough in games. Yeah. It, there were the moments that felt fun and that felt like I was be building a relationship with the yeah. other characters. Yeah, and everything isn't miserable all the time for these yeah. characters. Everything isn't shootouts and yeah. heists for them. They, are, they do the shootouts and heists because they care for each other and want to be able to support... Yeah their lifestyle yeah and that, I, that I, does come through i felt like for me sean was very much the personification of that he was his whole thing is oh everything's shit but actually i'm just gonna have fun i'm yeah. you know happy go lucky i'm the irish boy yeah and so then for him to be the first one who yeah. you know he he is like short of being a 12 year old girl in a white dress he is the the, the vision of innocence in the game mm-hmm. and I did really feel like his death came so out of the blue for me. Like I had to pause the game because I was like, I can't play because I'm dealing with this right now. I saw it coming, but only from the start of the mission because you ride into right. town and all the shops are closed. And you're like, yeah, that's a bit yeah. weird. And then the mission's called a short, uh, like a short walk in a small town or something. It's just like, oh, it's going to be a short. Like, right. right, we're getting ambushed, yeah. and it's at the point in the Braithwaite's versus mm, Gray's um, Gray's plotline where it makes sense for everything to go wrong because, yeah. again. 
Dutch has no idea what he's doing and no. he's playing two families against each other for no apparent reason yeah. with no concept that they'll notice that you're doing that. Mm. So, and Sean pays the price. Yeah. Poor Sean. And, you know, it, it, head like, exploded. The, the people that you're with, it was Micah and I think Bill. And it's just like, well, yeah. I, I wonder which one's going to get shot here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At certain times, the game feels aware of that whole meta narrative of what the audience knows having played Red Dead 1. Mm. And at other times, it seems completely oblivious to it. Yeah, it really wants you to not think about what happens after this game ends because if you do, this game has so much less impact. Yeah. Although one little thing I did remember, that little little prequel funny thing is that in the previous game if you if you're in a fight with a wolf john will occasionally shout how do you think i got these scars <laughs> i'm and glad he they got carried he that got attacked by wolves in the status game that's yeah. how he got those scars yeah. it's like that's that's such a strange detail <laughs> to include i actually quite like that <laughs> it's like the one bit of actual continuity through yep. and it's just a wolf yep one of the things i did appreciate that made me appreciate red dead one more was the problem I had with Red Dead 1 was I you know you're John you're supposed to be hunting Bill and Javier and exactly. Dutch and I'm like yeah. who are these people why do I give a damn you're fighting for your wife and son for the entire game you yeah. meet them 60 hours in yeah and so I was like am I like is John supposed to be friends with these people and he's doing it reluctantly and I feel like now that I know that backstory I have a better appreciation for that. It's a very strange thing where Red Dead Redemption 2 makes Red Dead Redemption 1 better. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption 1 makes Red Dead Redemption 2 worse, worse. because yeah. you know where it's going and it yeah. doesn't work when you like it the the the, the place that it ends up doesn't work for yeah. the narrative that it thinks it's telling. Yeah. And that's because they lean on the f- on the success of the first game yeah. a lot. But like, yeah, learn, like getting to know, like even Bill and Javier, who the game doesn't spend much time. No. Like they go on missions with you and they they are developed enough that you don't hate them. Yeah. Like well, you're, I, you're not supposed to like them like mm-hmm. you do Kieran and Sean and yep. Sadie because they're going to be around for the next game. So, and, and you're going to kill them in the next game. Yeah. So you don't like them as much, but they are shown to be effective and capable and not crazy like Micah. Yeah. Like they're not Micah and, but you also. They're just sort of, of all the characters I did feel like Javier and Bill were the two who were just sort of there. But, um, but in that, in a way that they're just sort of there because they don't, or in universe, like Mm. this is their only place sort of thing. true. It's like they kind of don't have much of an impact on Arthur, except that you go on missions with them every now and again. They don't yeah. drive the story. Yeah. They don't have. They really don't have agency in universe, mm-hmm. and that ex- that kind of makes sense why they would kind of default to sticking with Dutch. Well, yeah, because they don't have any agency of their own. They don't have yeah. any decision making. Yeah, they don't have own. like the inner life that Arthur is yeah. constantly shown to have, where he's like yeah. he he writes and he draws and oh, he I was thinks about, about the world. That. Yeah. And that. you know, Javier sings like he like mm. he is a he has like a lovely singing voice. But other than that, like, what is he except like a thug in a gang? Yeah, like, and that was one of those slightly immersion breaking things for me because it it made me made my brain automatically go to thinking about, oh, is it because they couldn't get the voice actor back, or is it? Be- Do you know what I mean? Yeah, is it because I don't know of- why they changed the voice actor. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, you just talking about Arthur's Arthur's journal. That was one of the things when mm. I first realized that, that that he writes in a journal. And, you know, mm. like it's it's a thing. It, it's a video game staple is that your quest, your log of quests is called a journal or a log. Yeah. And to have a character who actually sits there 
and will do sketches of cool things he sees or write down notes on how he feels about things that have happened. And the way it's written is he has a writing style that's very cleverly done where it's like you read it and it's like it doesn't, it, it, it matches up with how you would expect him to write. Like he's, he's capable of writing and he's not a bad writer. He's not very intelligent. No, yeah, he's yeah. Not a, he's not a, like actually a very intelligent man, exactly. but he's, he's sensitive yeah. and he, like, he thinks about the world that he lives in to yeah. a degree where he's just like he wants just for himself to write things down and write to, to sketch the things that he sees yeah. in the world. And I um, think that's, that absolutely makes sense for his character. Yeah, and, I, and it made me as a player really feel like the decisions I was making had an impact on Arthur as a character. You know, like just just even the th- the different things he would sketch or yeah. the different things he would yeah. see. Yeah. You know, when I bothered to explore, yeah. I found some really cool shit, and he thought it was cool too. Yeah. Like and in it. in universe, like Arthur does go on rides and find things. Like it's not like it's like in GTA Five. Like Trevor is the character you go on massacres with, and like yeah. you like oh yeah, we've made this character who's a psychopath who goes on massacres. <laughs> well. John Arthur Morgan is a man who rides off into the distance and finds things sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes he also kills people. And, yeah. But like you can have conversations with Tilly and camp where, where it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I killed some people and I don't know why I did it sort of thing. And, <laughs> and yeah. it makes, and it does make sense that there's a conflict within him about that sort of thing, which yeah. I, it, he's, he's a really good character, which makes it all the more disappointing that that didn't bleed enough into yeah. the the actual plot. Yep. And that that was one of the talking about character agency. I really feel like Arthur didn't have much. No. Cuz he just does what Dutch says. He just, you know. Yeah, like characters like Pearson and Uncle have more agency than Arthur yeah. does because they leave. Yeah. Uh, cuz they actually do something. They make a decision for themselves. Yeah. He tells himself towards the end of the game that he's made a decision to stay with the gang and die so that he can maybe get some people away. And it's like, is that a decision? Yeah. Or is it, is it not is it, making a decision? Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. You're just deciding to not change anything. Dutch and Micah are kind of the villains, but then there mm. is a series of. There's Leviticus Cornwall, yeah. Cornwall Driscoll. And yeah. um, that's uh, the, the Fusa from chapter five yeah. when you're in Guam Guama, not yeah. Guam, different place. Different place. Um, there's the guy uh, who kidnaps. Yep. The, Jack. Yeah. Um, Victor Bronco. Yeah. Yeah. That was his name. The uh, the 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 colonel in the army. Yeah. Um, like every chapter, basically, there's like someone else. Like it's mm-hmm. constantly distracting you. It's just like, yeah, there's there's forward momentum going on because yeah. you finally dealt with the Braithwaite's, and it's just like. Why were we dealing with the Braithwaite's yeah, though? No. Why does it, why did that have anything to do? Yep. There was no promise of a reward. There no. was no having said that, I did really enjoy that that scene, the the end of that. Yeah, where they uh, ride the, off together they, and like Yeah, uh, like du- riding up that massive driveway yeah, up to Braithwaite. Dutch calls Manor. out to Kieran and Micah and it's just like you guard the camp. We're yeah. going out to just deal with this. And that's yeah. And if you go back there later, you can find Miss um, Braithwaite's um, body in the ruins. Like oh. she did, she once like in the cutscene, she runs back into the house, and you yep. can find her body and loot it. Oh, good. Yeah, as you do, get get some dishonor points. Yeah, it's just one of those things where there's, a, it's just like the villains rarely feel like more than like a series of distractions. Yeah, and Cornwall has the most scene, like the most impact apart from milton mm. like he throws yeah. shows up again he's got and he's the one who he gets has, the kittens he has the most unsatisfying death yep like why did you do that dutch why did it just happen in a cutscene? Yep. why didn't 
we yeah. get to do something. I blew up the Fusar with a cannon and I met him two <laughs> missions ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know, I barely knew who the Fusar was and I shot him with a cannon. But Leviticus Cornwall is the core, is second to Dutch, the cause of my life problems yeah. in this game. And Dutch, for no reason, we corner him on a boat we reveal ourselves. Dutch shoots him and initiates a massive shootout <laughs> while the Pinkertons are on the dock. And because it's sure the- in universe, Dutch maybe he's gone crazy. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And but it's like, yeah, it's not satisfying narratively. Yeah. And apart from anything else, he's going to be alive twelve years from now. Exactly. How crazy because is he? Because we know he's going to survive everything. Yeah. Exactly. Second to Sadie, I really liked Charles yep. as a character. You going to say Charles? He's good. It's. I started out being very worried that he would be problematic because yep. he uses a bow, and the first thing he teaches you is how to hunt. Deer. How to hunt. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah. Christ. And then the second thing he teaches you is how my people hunt bison. Mm, yep. We must use all of the buffalo. And then he has, oh, like, he's the he starts interacting with uh, Rain's Falls tribe three chapters before they become relevant to the yeah. plot. And I just, I really loved that he basically sacrifices himself to help you escape from Saint Denis. Except that he's just yeah. capable and yeah. survives the whole thing. Yeah, he, he and comes he, back with a rad new haircut. Yeah, he could do better without the gang. To be honest, yeah, he like, could. My, fa- I do love that. The narrative takes a two-hour-long complete diversion to a completely different climate. It's so far away. <laughs> yeah, and then we come back, and it's like, oh yeah, Charles ran off to distract some guards and made it back to the camp. Are we? Yeah. The, are we the, the like the problem with this gang? Yeah, well, exactly. And it's you know you're to- we're talking about which characters are capable and needing the gang. I suppose it's like we were saying, um, Javier and Bill yeah. need the gang. Arthur needs the gang, whereas Sadie and. Charles and even Uncle and John. Yep. And Hosea. No, not Hosea. Sorry. Um, uh, Josiah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Similar names. They don't need the gang. So no. they they go. They leave. They yeah. survive on their own. And it is repeated. It is reinforced in dialogue quite frequently that Charles is fairly new to the gang. Yeah. And Sadie joins the gang at the beginning of yeah. the game. Yeah, like, as as a, as because a Micah burns distress. down her home. Yeah, I also like. I'm not going to lie. I didn't realize that Sadie was the same person we rescued at the beginning. Yeah, uh, until like I looked at a wiki yep. article because like, oh, that was her. I had Be- exactly the same thing because she makes no impact for the first three chapters uh-huh. of the game. She's just one of four young yeah. women in the party, and then suddenly, once you get to Rhodes, she is this badass. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I've, I, I found myself feeling like. I wanted to play the game as her, as in to start the game, fending off Samodra schools, yeah. failing, getting rescued by Dutch. Yeah. So the the bit in Guam, Guama, damn it, um, <laughs> in Guama, why do they name it Guama? It's so similar to I know, a, right? Gu- anyway, I was like, like at first, I was like, wait, is this Guam? Like, have we sailed all the way to Guam? Yeah, but like in that sequence where you're not wearing a cowboy outfit, you're mm. just wearing like a undershirt and suspenders. It's like I want to play a game in this time period that isn't a cowboy game. Yeah. I want to play a game that isn't. <laughs> that isn't strapped to a genre as rigidly as this yeah. is. Yeah, that I think that could have been cool. Like, you're playing, if you'd played as Sadie Adler, uh, going through all of this character development, finding her place in a world uh, that is so much harsher than she's ever known. She has yeah. nothing to live for anymore. Maybe finding something to live for instead of not finding something to live for, like is her character arc. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like realizing the world is futile and she'll be dead soon either way, so may as well go earn some money. Yep. I also <laughs> like the implication that's what happens to Karen as well. Like you get you get you can find out what happens to everyone. Karen? No, nothing. But she nothing. was a massive alcoholic and yeah, uh, no. Abigail reckons she's probably drunk herself to death. <laughs> no. It's like that adds up. 
No. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like Pearson's just like opened up a shop in I Rhodes. Li- and- mine, but I was so sad. I saw in the closing montage that he was mm. there and I went to visit him and like you're supposed to get unique dialogue and I didn't. Oh, I, I did. It I was know. really sweet. I looked it yeah. up online afterwards. And I was just like, this should uh, have been my John. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit like, I liked- oh my God, you're here, you're alive. Can I sell what you would- something from the catalog? Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked Pearson a lot. I, we also, I don't think we mentioned Lenny. Um, Lenny. Lenny was like Lenny was. I love going drinking with Lenny. Yeah, like that was one of the early scenes in the game that was reminds you is just like the, these people have a life that yeah. their their outlawing is supporting, and that's yeah. something that so many like open world games yeah. in particular, where it's just like you go on missions because there are missions, and it's just like in this in this setting, you are going on missions to get money because your fa- your friends have a lifestyle and you need to support it. Yeah. And yeah, I like that. The, was yeah. I think that scene with Lenny where you go drinking was probably the f- the moment when I was playing when I went, oh, this game's like good, like re- you know, like really mm. well. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's, tr- I mean, it's, it's trying to do things. That mission still has, I think, probably my favorite moment from the whole game, oh, which is when you're very very drunk like, and you're trying to find Lenny and. Everyone, Everyone in the Lenny, building is Lenny. Including the prostitutes. Including the prostitutes. And you walk into two people having sex. And, they're and both, both of them are Lenny. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've had that happen before. We've well, all been yeah, there. I mean, we've all been uh, there. Uh, <laughs> also, Lenny's death, the only one that happens in gameplay. That was like, that was rough. Yeah. Um, you'd, if you Google, can you, like, if you Google, can you save um, the first, <laughs> like, I was like, I was looking for a different game. I was like, can you save, like, in such and such? And I was like, can you save Lenny? Yeah. I was just like, yeah. It's right there. It's like everyone wants to know, can you can I stop him getting shot? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Reverend Swanson, we've already mentioned. There's so many members of this gang. Exactly. Uh Mary Beth becomes an author, sure. Oh, does she? I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I Mary Beth as as I said in, She was the one I yeah, had Yeah, had no idea who Mary Beth was. Molly. Oh well. Molly O'Shea. Oh. oh poor Molly. That that really got me when so you know, Miss Grimshaw shoots her for ratting them out to the the feds and yeah and then milton reveals later on that they got nothing out of molly yeah and she was just trying to get back at dutch by being yeah. like yeah i ratted you out yeah. and then she's dead because of it and maybe like it, it does raise questions wait so was there a rat that led to the sand yeah. mission going wrong because that everyone's just like there was a mole there was a mole that's why it went wrong and then just like molly says i was the mole and someone else says no you weren't and then it's like <laughs> well micah wasn't the mole yet when that happened yeah. so did hosea so just really it? screw up that's also another thing the O'Driscolls launched a massive attack on the hideout and then you got you don't move because it's like we're not ready for cha- <laughs> know, right? we're not ready for chapter five yet boys uh <laughs> just uh give us another couple of missions in uh, shady bell where one of our greatest enemies has already like yeah. captured one of our men and executed him and launched an assault I guess the last the last thing to do with characters that we haven't really discussed is the sort of customization of mm. Arthur. Um, Handlebar mustache. Yeah, I settled on a really nice uh, pencil mustache and chops mm. look until Trelawney showed up. Oh no, I can't look like this yeah. guy. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to grow out Arthur's beard and I'm going to... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had a, a nice like... A purple long coat. Oh, very nice. Uh, got, you know, just like a little bit of a crossover with Saints Row or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Pimpin like Arthur. Yeah, the the uh, the the big beaver valley hat, which made it sad towards the end because then, like, uh, like I, I, if I'd known that Arthur would give John his hat, yeah. I would have just used the default hat because, like, he mm-hmm. doesn't give you the hat that you actually use. I didn't. Right. I thought Arthur's hat looked rubbish, yeah. so I didn't wear it <laughs> ever. Like but then it's tatty like tatty old leather but, thing. But then in, to, in the 
1907 section, it's like, well, I want to have the connection to yeah. Arthur, so I'll wear the horrible hat. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do like that you can customize his default hat with the feathers and the and the whatever mm. else. Unknown. I still don't know if it's actually a thing, but there was a like Polygon released a semi comedic video like mm. about the the weight mechanics. Oh yeah where, yeah, where it's just like trying to make Arthur a big boy uh, because <laughs> seemingly it's it, really hard. It's seemingly impossible to actually make him large. Yeah, and. I'd be interested if that was an intentional thing because you get tuberculosis very early. Mm, and true, I don't know if that was true. an intentional thing, but that, that could be a very clever yeah. and they shouldn't yeah. fix it because yeah. maybe. You know, <laughs> and maybe, I mean, like you get, you get like a damage reduction bonus if you're chunky. Yep. And so I was like, yeah, cool. I'll just eat a bunch of yeah, fried chicken. Be a hefty boy. And, but oh. it just didn't go anywhere. He was just average weight, average weight. No, you'll never be a gnaw at the size of that lad. It's, it's a real <laughs> shame. But yeah, like there are lots of little little details that you can have with the character customization that yeah. I liked. And then I didn't have any connection at all to John with that. No, like yeah, I didn't shave his beard for a long time. I shaved his beard when Abigail was going to come back because I was mm. like, you know, yeah, look look nice, look yeah, nice for lady. yourself up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when I when I figured he was going to propose to her, I was like, "All right, I'll yeah. I'll put Got some pomade in exactly. my hair." And yeah. I'll... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I I did find myself when I was playing as John, I just tried to keep his look as close to Red Dead Redemption One as mm. it can, because otherwise, I'm like, that's yeah. not what this character looks like. Yeah, and I was already so ready to be done with the game at that point. Yeah, um, but <laughs> when I saw John Marston. Like his default look at the beginning of the chapter. Yeah. Big beard, flat cap, suspenders. I'm like, I'm playing a different game now. <laughs> this is so far removed. And that was just like, again, I was like, I kind of liked that chapter for being so unlike the rest of the game. Yeah. Like it was interesting to play a game yeah. like that, but then have it be at the end and having it be such a setup for where John is at the beginning mm. of the next game was so strange. Yeah. John Marston, family man. Yeah. John Marston, his family, and also uncle is here. Yeah. <laughs> uncle too. And Charles for a little while. Okay, well, next week we're going to be talking about the game mechanics itself mm. and how that influences the story and the character. There's also the online component, which will be an interesting thing to talk about. So we'll be back next week to talk about that. Thank you, Dom, for joining us again. Thank you again. Thank you once again to our fantastic producer, Zane C. Weber from That's Not Canon Productions. If you would like to find us on social media, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cutscene Saga. Or you can send us an email, cutscenesaga at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.